What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And you know that I go around this planet seeking the best people on it to come on here, grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And today I found Mark Young. I think this is going to be such a fun episode. He's an entrepreneur, an educator, a marketer, a philanthropist, and the author of a book called Date Your Clients, Building Professional Equity from Life's Worst Personal Strikeouts. I love, already love that, right? And so <laughs> what I love too, Mark, is when I was reading um, the, the bio sheet that was sent over, it said, if you ever, if there was ever a person existed who can point out everything that is wrong with anything, you just found them. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mark, true statement, Nina, and I live to regret it. I bet, right? But you know what? I love straight talkers. And that's what that sounded like to me when I was reading it. I'm like, I bet right. you does it like it is. And that's just that. So Mark, welcome to Straight Talk. How are you? I am doing amazingly well, Lena. Thank you so much yeah. for asking. And thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So I know I gave just a little bit about you, but why don't you share a little bit more about who Mark is and then we'll go from there. Oh gosh, I don't find me that interesting. So, well, you had me on here because of a book I recently wrote. So that kind of I'll back into a bit of an introduction there and say, um, I actually own an advertising and marketing agency based here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And Date Your Clients, which is the book that I recently published, is actually, oh, I hate to even say this, it started as an email to a client and turned into a book. So maybe mm -hmm. I'm long-winded or maybe I just had a lot to say to this client. <laughs> but, yeah. But nevertheless, uh, here we are. And so, yes, I work in the world of advertising and marketing every single day. So mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that I'm an entrepreneur and I said, yes, I am. But I get to spend my day sitting in front of other entrepreneurs, which means I don't know if that means that I get to do entrepreneurship better or worse. Right. Um, but it means that I get to see every possible way that things could be better. And I make a point of pointing them out because that's what they pay me to do. Right. 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 So people bring me their brands. They bring me their life savings sometimes and say, I've got everything I own invested in this brand. What should I do? Um, so that makes the responsibility steep for, for me to, to give them straight answers mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't have the time and sometimes they don't have the money for sugarcoating. Right, so right, right. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the doctor that comes in and says, this mm -hmm. is the problem. We need to operate today. Like you may not like that answer, but it may save your life. Right. Now, were, uh, now, was marketing something that you've always been into or how did you get into that? You well, know, what did you, yeah, I'll give credit to my father on that. And I will say he's actually owned his own advertising agency for about 30 plus years. Very well established in the field and well respected. Um, so I was around it most of my life. But actually, I spent most of my career in higher education. Oh. So I went from college professor to administrator and I've had about seven careers, I think. But got into that. And truthfully, the bureaucracy of higher education drove me right out of my mind and right out of the industry. Yeah. Because when it comes to if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, the reality is, is you don't want to mess around with all the nonsense. That's right. Like there's there's nothing, nothing like an entrepreneur. And it me up because I make a point of trying not to talk to middle management people at my clients offices because I will frustrate them and they will frustrate me. And I, and I often find myself in a position that if I'm talking to them, they'll say things like, but he or she or whoever, meaning the owner or CEO, doesn't understand. Right, right. And, and I find right. myself often going, 
I know it feels that way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you'll take it from someone who's not part of the problem, let me explain why your boss does the things that he does or why she mm-hmm. does the things that she does, because there's a reason that that person is reacting that way. And you think she's ignoring the problem, but in fact, it's because she's got three bigger problems than this one to pay attention right. to right. and just doesn't have the bandwidth to get to what you're talking about right now. So please don't feel neglected. She has other things going on. And, you know, and it, and it reminds me, and again, and again, the book is called date your clients, but it reminds me of relationships, right? Like we feel mm-hmm. like we're being ignored and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been in a relationship in the past where, you know, that your, your, your better half is, is feeling ignored right now. And you're like, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm not even disappointed with you. You've done nothing wrong. My head is just in the office. Right. Like, right. 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 Busy. And you can't take that as an offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it gets down to that communication point. So those types of illustrations and those types of conversations that I have on a regular basis have what inspired each chapter here. Mm-hmm. Um, as I somewhat tongue in cheek with a real snarky voice, um, walk through some of these disasters. And um, I, I will say also admit a lot of things I probably shouldn't have in a book. But... <laughs> it's out now. It's out now, Mark. Ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I know. A lot, I know. It's in black and white now. I'm stuck with all these embarrassing stories I just shared. It's awesome. So was entrepreneurship something you've always been though, or did you work before in corporate or company or it's always been? Okay. I I come from a, I come from a family of of business owners. It's that, that immigrant mindset that, you know, Mm. you come in and you figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's been my entire family. So I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So being around the entrepreneurship is not weird. And I've owned businesses of my own since I was 16 years old. That's awesome. Um, so when I went into higher ed, I worked in a very large corporate environment. So I've climbed the corporate ladder and I was the COO at a quarter of a billion dollar education firm uh, before leaving there because I just had enough right. um, to get down in the nitty gritty and, you know, get dirty in the trenches with with my clients and my own businesses and we get to have fun now. So I'll tell yeah. you, I'd, I'd rather wear blue jeans to work every day of the week. Yeah, it's good. So th- was that something, well, you said you were kind of, you were kind of done with it. So, you know, I think what's interesting too, is that you have already grew up in a family with entrepreneurs, right? So was this like a natural transition for you to say, you know what, I'm done with this and let me just get into entrepreneurship? That's a cool question. Um, so here's what I'll say to you. And that is if, if your audience, and the one thing I didn't ask you ahead of time, Nina, and that's on me, was who's your audience? Like, who's the, mm-hmm. who's the people that we're typically talking mm-hmm. to on this podcast? But yeah. I'll, I'll assume that you've got a, an entrepreneurial type audience as I well, do. who are business people. And, and the one thing, and I, I, they resonate with me, because first of all, all entrepreneurs are absolutely batshit crazy. Right. Because there is there's no. nothing about this that makes sense. Right. Um, and I say, you know, we show up every day and put it all on black and spin the wheel and see what happens today because yep. either I'll get wealthy or lose everything I own. Um, but there's zero comfort in what we do. Right. Uh, so in that respect, when I'm working with my clients, it's very natural. But part of being an entrepreneur, I'll say, is it's being able to identify a problem and then solving it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's how most businesses begin. Mm-hmm. Someone identifies a problem and they find a way to fix it. And then their audience naturally becomes whoever had that problem, right? Right. So if, if I'm the person who created the solution, then 
I know who my audience is. It's everyone who has the problem. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that's always been part of my, my blood. Right. So even when I worked in the corporate world, I will say that my, my success always came from finding the problem and solving it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think the frustration that, that I had if I were working in corporate America, <clears throat> fortunately, I worked in an organization for many years that very much loved that side of me because it was an it was a for profit private educational company. Oh, yeah. Um, good. So, so it was more it wasn't the I, I did work in the, the state schools and stuff, too, and I hated it. But when I got to the for profit world in the private side of things, what I loved about it is that it was students first. It was not institution first. Right, right. So it was, we, we trained students. We got students degrees. We got students jobs and we were able to solve problems. Um, and in that respect, I loved what I did because it was right. business, it was education. I got to literally watch students' lives change because they did things because we didn't offer liberal arts degrees and stuff like that. They were very career focused degrees. Oh, good. So I yeah. loved that. Um, and what I loved about it was there was still the opportunity that we would often have problems arise where we needed to solve something. Um, and I'll give you an example and say like we'd have transfer students who would come to our organization and, you know, we would have our education team want to go through and say, you know, well, we need to do, you know, credit evaluations. And I'm like, look, the guy had a math class. We tell him he needs a math class. Like, what what is it you're trying to compare here? And Sometimes the educators have just spent hours, yeah. hours and hours trying to make, and I'm like, let the kid graduate and start working. Go right. get a job. Right. Like, right. Solve the problem. So I'd find myself signing off on transcript evaluations and stuff like that, trying to help students actually go succeed. And I will say that's entrepreneurial in many respects, yeah. because yeah. you see a problem and you go fix it. Right. So when I left that, that, arena, this is the funny thing, Nina, is I left that arena and I moved back to Michigan for a short period of time, which is where I'm originally from. And just figured, you know what? I I lived in Fort Lauderdale, which is how I got down here to begin with. I'm like, I'm just going to go figure out what I want to do. Like, I don't even know. My dad called me and said, you know, we've got this this large client that needs some help. Um, Since you're kind of on your own freelancing right now, I don't suppose I could get you to short term help me manage this project. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Um, It didn't take two to three months from like, this is the client's biggest problem. Like they have an issue in this area and it wasn't something my dad's business did. And I'm like, so I started a business and started fixing it. And then just right. Find a problem. And and ultimately, as a business owner, I will say that that's the employee I love best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a person who's not sitting around and saying, where's the policy? Can you show me the instruction books? Where's my job description? Like, yeah. Find a problem and fix it. Right, no, one, right. no one gets fired if you just right. find problems and fix them, right? Like right. those people are never worried about their jobs. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something to be said about that, right? And I think mm-hmm. that more people think... Like uh, as some people that I've spoken to are like, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur, but they're always creating. They're more entrepreneurial than they think they are. You know, mm-hmm. I, I did have a question for you, though. What made you go into um, like education and, and and doing all of that? Because, you know, you were having your own entrepreneurship ch- track, right, since you were 16 years old. So mm-hmm. did you get kind of sick of trying to find the next client and did that get tired some and then you wanted like a steadiness? 
if you can call it steadiness, right? And a paycheck or um, what was, I just want to know where your mind was at. Interesting. Yeah. So I ran my own business when I was 16 and I ended up um, selling it when I was 23. And I went to college part-time because you don't go to college full-time while you're doing all that kind of stuff. So at 23, I was like, you know what? I need to really hunker down and graduate from college already, right? So I didn't graduate with my undergrad till I was 25. Um, but I got a job. Like I would owned my own business. I sold it. I went and I got a job. And of all the crazy things, I got a job working in an accounting office. Mm. Um, and in the accounting office, I really learned the, the back end of business. Right. But I laughingly say that my first job, they used to they used to call me my first real job. They called me the finance marine. And and the reason was, is I work. It was for a nonprofit based in Detroit. And I would go from department to department and troubleshoot. So oh. the, the, the finance department, it was the craziest job, but they just kind of used me for what I was good at. And here I am. I had an accounting background kind of from college and they would send me to each department to go figure out what was going on with state grants and what was going on with cash collections and why the why the profit loss statement in that department never made sense. And so I would go spend a couple months in one department, figure it all out, bring the solutions and then I would go to the next department. I do the same mm -hmm. thing. So even then, I was being an entrepreneur, right? I didn't. Right. I didn't I know better. Say that, right. Yep. I, right? I would go from department to department, and of all the goofy things, I started writing software and all these other goofy things. To me, no one told me what to do. They just told me what needed done. Right. So that's good. I would just go reverse engineer yeah. the solution and I'd come back with the solutions. And in retrospect, I laugh because I mean, I was 20 nothing years old and I can only imagine my bosses were like, who is this guy? Like, right, I, right. I mean, it's so funny because in retrospect, I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I could hire me. Right. Right. You know why Mark? Because you, it sounds to me like you have that in you already where you are the cream that rises to the top. Right. I think that when people have a mindset already of like determination or looking at a problem and trying to find a solution, I think naturally you kind of start to rise rise in whatever positions that you're in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, to your point before is like, you know, you're not just looking at the rule book and trying to say what the rules are and, and go by, you know, line by line. Um, you know, and I do like, sometimes my mind does go into rules. Like I like to have like some, you know, yep. stability. Um, but, I also do the same, like every job I've gone into, I end up taking, I become like the manager, the director, the whatever very quickly. And it's because of that mindset that you have. So the going fast forward now to dating your clients, right? It, it was a very, it's very interesting when, as soon as I read the title, I'm like, dating your clients just makes complete sense, right? It's wanting to know who your client is and um, getting to, you know, I, I don't know if this is what it is about, but like getting to kind of, you already know really what to do. I think most of us already know what to do. Yep. yep. And I, for me, it was like, I, even I was like a little bit like in the beginning when I started doing my own coaching practice and stuff, I'm like, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what are you, an idiot? You're a moron or something? Just get right. over there and do it. What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> right. And, so, and, and it's, it's the common sense stuff. It's like, we've all yeah. dated somebody, right? We've yeah. all made mistakes in relationships. We've all been in relationships with people who've made mistakes. Right. Um, and, and my answer is at the end of the day, while we there's so many people out there, particularly entrepreneurs who are out there wrestling with this. What do I do? I don't know how to do it. I need to buy another self-help book and I need to listen to another podcast and I need to follow three more motivational accounts on Instagram. And, 
and I listen to this stuff. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, until you've gotten to the end of your own ability, quit trying to add mm. a trainer. Mm. Like, if, if you're not willing to go run one mile every day, you don't need a trainer to teach you how to run. Like, you're not even willing to do the basics. And my opinion is, when it comes to business, we know the answer to our to our own problems usually. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. so much of it is intuitive. And so my comparison here, my juxtaposition rather, is in dating, there's a lot of things we just know, right? For mm -hmm. instance, you don't ignore your partner and expect to call back three days later without having a complicated conversation. Right. Well, right. Likewise, if my client reaches out to me and needs to get a hold of me about an important topic and I don't return his or her phone call within three days, right. there's going to be a complicated conversation. Right. Like, right. It's not that hard to figure out because mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I've only ever dated humans. Right. And I've only ever done business with humans. So there's a correlation. <laughs> Right. Your, your clients are your clients. And the truth of the matter is, is they're people and they have emotions as much as they prefer not to. And as much as I don't want my emotions to get involved in business, you know what? They do. Yeah, they do. They and do. Some, sometimes I'm frustrated with a client and sometimes there's clients will do things that make me want to just fire them as a client and, and right. get frustrated and walk away. And, you know, they'll say something in a way that bothers me. Or for instance, I had a situation recently, and these are just my own confessions where a client called and asked a question about a bill. And it was just phrased in such a way that it made it sound like you don't value the work we do. Right, right. And, and to me, I was like, are you kidding me? We do so much work for you. And it's a client who probably gets the best rate out of anybody because of some other, you know, things we do to help them. And I'm like, are you joking? And I found myself getting offended by the question. Right, right. And truthfully, he was just asking the question going, no, no, no. I just needed to know for budget purposes. This is the first time we've been billed for this. Is this going to happen every month? Right. Like, like I'm good with the bill, but is I just need to know, should I budget this in every month or is this a one-off thing? And and I think I think about even dating relationships in that respect. And how many yeah. times has your, has your significant other said something to you in such a way that it was never intended to be right. wrong. Right. It caused a fight. Oh yeah. That's it. Listen, I'm a direct, I'm a straight talker. So that happens. <laughs> that happens All more than I want to admit. You know what I'm saying? What was funny is I've adopted a Nina. I challenge you to do this. I've adopted this way of dealing with things and I do it at work all the time. And I found it happening in my personal life too. Someone will say something that I probably heard correctly, but I will respond and say, wait, before you go on, Nina, I'm going to, I, what you just said caused a very negative reaction in me. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to rephrase that before I react, assuming I heard you incorrectly. Right, right. So I'm going to assume I heard that wrong and let you do a take back. Right. <laughs> And sometimes the person is like, no, you heard me completely right. Right. And I'm like, okay, now you get my reaction. Right. But I know myself, my reactions right. are typically so dramatic that I, I mean, I, I go, new, I seriously, I mean, someone offends me and my first reaction is to hit the nuclear button. Right. And, but I know myself, I know oh, myself. Awesome. So I never react. 
Right. That is awesome. Anybody says or does, I'm like, okay, what's the first thought that comes to your brain, Mark? Because that's probably the wrong one. The wrong one. I do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever I'm thinking right now, let that not be what it comes out of my mouth. I know my three or four people I can call to just complain about the world who won't judge me. Let me deal with them first. Right, right, right. And the truth of the matter is it it happens, but Nina, it happens in business all the time. All the time. It happens in relationships. I mean, think about how many times you've dated somebody and the minute something went wrong, you're like, forget it. Red flag. (laughs) I'm done. Like this is over. And then like three hours later, everything's fine. That is hilarious. That yeah. is so real, though. I freaking love that. It's so real. I always go, I, instead of doing the, I'm going to let you rephrase, I always say, can you help me understand what you just meant? Can you help me understand right. that? You know, um, that is so funny. So so when you are writing this book, right, are you also um, uh, going through how to even get clients or are you talking about existing clients? So, well, that's a good question. So the, the first thing, so I'll, I'll walk you through how the book even started. And I mentioned to you that it actually started as an email to a client. Mm-hmm. And this email to a client um, was because we were having a conversation at her office and I she was like, TV advertising doesn't work. And I went, eh, that's a pretty broad brush statement. I don't mm-hmm. think that's accurate. And I'm like, I mean, perhaps it's the way your website is set up because you're using TV to drive traffic to your website, but your website's terrible. Right, right. And you're you're upset that nobody's checking out. But the reality is, is the traffic is coming to your site. So perhaps TV is not the problem because TV is just introducing them to your site. Your site is broken. Nope, I don't think that's the case. And I'm like, okay, so let me give you an example. Like, for instance... Imagine that you had an online dating profile. What would you put on your profile? Would you tell the would you tell a potential match every possible thing there was to know about you? Right. Would you put pictures of how you look first thing in the morning? Right. I mean would would you would you put these things on your profile? Good. And and throw your arms in the air and say, "Well, the people who will love me will love me." Like <laughs> No, you, Hell you, no. <laughs> you curate that profile, right? These, right. Are, these are the five best photos you've ever taken. These are like the words that describe only your amazing attributes. Right. Like, it, like you, you dress this up. And I'm like, because the goal is to just get somebody to swipe right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the issue mm-hmm. with what's happening here on your website is no one's swiping right. Right. I'm like, and, and you don't know why. So you're just assuming that, you know, all the good ones are taken kind of mindset. Right. And I'm like, so, oh, here's my profile. Nobody, nobody wants to date me. It's only awful people online. Men are terrible. Women are terrible, whatever. And I'm like, no, you just have an ugly profile. Right. Let's just call it what it is. And, and it was funny because (laughs) at that point she's like, well, I don't think that's accurate. And And I start to explain the detailed reasons. I'm like, you know what? Rather than us have conflict here at your office, I'm going to write this down in an email. That way you can read it. And maybe as you're reading it, it'll make more sense and you'll have more time to incubate and let that marinate a little bit at home. And and then we can come back to this conversation. And she's like, that's great. That's great. So I start writing this email. So to your question, is it is it also about getting clients? The answer is yes, Hmm. because there's a lot that happens in what I'll call the courtship process. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it depends on the type of business you're in, of course. But in like in my business, we deal with advertising uh, clients. So 
it's a it's usually a longer process because they're trying to vet us. They want to make sure it's a high ticket item. This they're trusting their business to us. They're not trying to sell us an ice cream cone, right? Right. So it's it's a it's a more once we get in with a client, like we're part of their business. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's a longer tail. It's a longer courtship. Right. Um, so, so a lot of things go into that. But in the book, we kind of laugh through the chapters because the first chapter is actually titled "Make Them Swipe Right." Right. And, and it's it. everything. It. It's everything related to curb appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and literally, I walk through, and, and I'll give you an example here, Nina. And as you go to a new client meeting. And I try to explain to you, not you specifically, but to anybody reading the book, it's you go to a new client meeting and it's like, to you, it's a Tuesday. To them, it's a first impression. Right. So if you were going on a first date, I assume that you probably spent an extra 30 minutes getting ready that night. Right. Right. Because right. the way a girl shows up on a date is how I decide that's that's the best she's ever going to look. Right. Right. I mean, that's the truth. But don't, but don't you do the same thing on a job interview? I love it. That is so true. That's it is. true. Yes. You, you show up on a first date. I assume that is the best makeup you know how to do. I assume <laughs> right. that's the best hairdo you can figure out. That's the best outfit you own. Right. Because you're trying to make an impression on me. But then you show up to a job interview looking like a slob. Right. And it's, right. it's one of the reasons why we have a policy. We always interview people twice before we hire. And part of the reason is you can you can fail into a good interview once, but doing it twice takes a little bit of talent. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things like the way you show up, it makes an impression. But if I'm going to go meet a client for the first time, how did I choose to dress that morning? Right, right. How did I, how did I choose to prepare that day? How, how did I choose to eat breakfast that morning? Right. Right. So that I didn't show up hungry mm-hmm. or, or that I didn't show up, you know, feeling uncomfortable because I had a bad breakfast. And now now I'm preoccupied with my own digestive system like th- those things matter. Right. And yet and yet to you, it's it's Tuesday. Right. It's just another day at the office. And to this client, they're judging everything about you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, from that mm-hmm. moment because it's their first exposure to you. Right. And, and then we go through the book about what's the first date look like? What's the second date look like? And, and some of the things about making small talk. Yeah. You yeah. Know how, to, how to talk. And yet, you know, one of, one of my favorite phrases is uh, it, the title of the book is called um, when 15, uh, what, what's the title? When 15 minutes matters most, when minute 16 matters most. Mm. And the phrase always boils down to anybody can talk about something for 15 minutes but after 15 minutes, people are going to figure out if you actually know what you're talking about. Right. And and the same thing goes on a date. Like you can be charming for 15 minutes. Right. But when 15 right. minutes is up, now you better know what you're talking about. And I think, yeah. have, you, have you ever been on one of those dates, Nina, when you, when you, when you go out and, and the first 15 minutes, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like you're so fun. Oh, yeah. You're so yeah. charming. And then, you know, once you're done with your salad, you're like, I have completely run out of things to talk about with you. Like there's right. <laughs> right. It's almost like um the the um the smoking mirrors goes off, you know, the smoke yeah. goes away, and then all of a sudden you kind of wake up and you're like, ah, this actually isn't working. But yeah. it's you know, I think 
and maybe this is, I don't know where you, if you were heading this way, but like the 16 minute is always, the, it's also that client that you've had for a while. Because a lot of times we give all the hoopla and the good dressing, right? To that very first meeting. And then like our client, then we kind of like, eh, you know, like have them on the side because they're there already. But that's, it, that's like with any relationship though, right, Mark? Because my husband and I have been married 20 years, 21 years. And I still make sure that he loves the way that I look, that we go out and enjoy each other's company, you know, things like that, because it's important. And sometimes I see that uh, the client that you've had for a while now is just not as shiny as that new client that came in. And that's a problem too. Do you talk about that at all? That is in the chapter titled Friday night is date night. Right. And and it talks about how get this book. <laughs> existing clients. I love it. Existing yes. clients need to still know they're important. Yes. And, and we still need to. And, and my argument is that Friday night, my dad always used a phrase that said, if we, if we both agree on everything, one of us is unnecessary. Right. And I love and, it. And, and I agree with that. And, and one of the things I talk about in Friday night is date night is we can be different and see the world differently. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about, you know, what's going on with the kids and what's going on with this and that and whatnot, the reality is, is on Friday night, it's a time to come back and remember why we're still together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with my clients, I really try to spend that time where here's a client I've been with forever. They've been yeah. here for years and, and they want to talk about how sales have plateaued right? and they want something different. But a lot of times in our industry, two to three years with an agency is a long time mm -hmm. because the client feels that if things went well, then they must have done something right. And if things go poorly, it's because the agency didn't do something right. well. Right. Uh, so, so we're always in this weird, in this weird space. So it's kind of funny because we're like, okay, like something's got to give here. Right? right. So we're always in that weird spot. And, and what I'll say to that is that Friday night being date night, in my opinion, is that's when the two of us get to get together and talk about the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I get to respect the way you see it and you get to respect the way I see it. And we get to remember why we're a good match. Right, right. Because That's good. you see the things yeah. I don't and I see the things you don't and you right. prioritize the things that I forget and vice versa. And with my clients, it's much the same because they may prioritize this one big thing and I'm in the, I'm in the weeds going, nope, this is what we need to focus on. And then a month later, they're like, yep, you're right. You called that. When I have a client right now that their entire campaign was supposed to launch on the 1st of June, it's now July 25th and we've still not launched. And it's because I told them in advance, this is one thing that you guys have to do. Right. And you need to start it now because it's going to take a couple months to come to completion. And it's regarding their, their credit card processing and everything else. I'm like, this is something you need to say. They never saw it being a problem. It's not going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. Literally two months later, we mm -hmm. still can't launch. Right. Because yeah. all of the work is done. Right. And, can't. and I'm like, guys, but that's why you hired us. I would right. never tell you how to formulate your product. Right, 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 right. But at the same time, I know how to launch a product and you need to trust what I'm saying too. And, and every Thursday we get together on a conference call and some weeks it's like, have we made any progress on this? Okay. Well, it's a really short call. Right. <laughs> but we meet. Oh, that, Mark, that's I love deal. that. But yeah. we meet. Yeah, that's even, good. Even if there's nothing deep to say, we meet. 
So let me talk a little bit about just a, a little snippet about your marketing company, though. So are you, are you are is there a particular type of business you like to work with? Like, do you like brick and mortars? Do you like products? Do you like uh, like coaching businesses? What do you like to work with? So our primary bread and butter, and I will tell you, you know, as go the leader, so goes the team, right? Um, and I will tell you my personal interest, and one of the things that I love is I love health and fitness and all those types mm-hmm. of things. And particularly, I do a lot of personal interest in what's called the biohack community. It's that, mm-hmm. that using science to hack your health kind of kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so most of our clients are, are consumer-facing brands. Um, so we're a very e-commerce-based type client. So we're not necessarily a lead gen uh, right. agency. We're not an agency that's you know, giant brick and mortar type stuff. My, that's my dad's agency, actually. Um, we're really e-commerce focused. So we're about okay. transactions and, and internet experiences. And most of our clients fall, not all, uh, but we find that most of our clients fall right in the health and wellness and beauty categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just, that's where a lot of my contacts are. That's great. That's so what's great. fun about it is that not only do I get to work with people I like, but I get even get to work with products that I use. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've just got yeah. so much cool stuff and people we work with. And and to be honest with you, I'll tell you, it's a very um, daunting uh, task to take on a, the, I mean, writing a book's not easy anyways, but right. at the same time, writing the book and knowing that I'm exposing like I don't use names or anything, but if right. I'm telling people this is the way I treat my clients and my clients actually get a chance to read the book, it's pretty easy for them to be like, um, no. Right. And, and picture picture the case that you write a book about marriage and your spouse doesn't agree. Right. How awkward would that be? And and I think that's kind of how I feel here because I'm like, wow, I just put a whole book out there about the way that I treat my clients. <laughs> and I'm like, any one of my clients could call bullshit in a minute. Right. And it's like, the cool thing about it is my clients have actually written reviews. Oh, that's good. And it's been like, okay, that's cool. So it's like, I'm I'm giving all this advice on how to treat a client. Apparently my clients agree that this is what I do. (laughs) So like, I just got 360 feedback on this. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, listen, that's ballsy, right? To like write that book knowing you're in the middle of it. That's amazing. And that just shows a lot about your character too. You're kind of just putting it out there because I think at least this is how I'm feeling, Mark, is that your purpose is to help people, right? So I think that not just in your marketing uh, business, but in your book as well, right? Like your idea was, I need to help people. And when you, when you're, when that's the thought process, you're going to do it. Right. So. And I want to add one thing to that, Nina, and that is one of my clients actually sent me a text message a couple of weeks ago and said, I just finished your book and her, her takeaway. She's like, I'm going on Amazon to write your review right now. She goes, but I want to tell you, she goes, business books are so boring. Mm -hmm. She goes, and your book made me realize how much I hate reading boring books. She goes, because this was so fun to read. Right, right. Was, you, I mean, the points were made. Mm-hmm. Everything was was great. She goes, but I read the book in like no time flat because it was such a fun, easy read. And here's my oh, thing. I, I'm there. It's it's funny stories. It's jokes. It's all this other kind of stuff throughout the entire thing. But the points are made. Yeah. And and the the truth of the matter is, is I just don't like life being complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you're an entrepreneur, like the, the people that you're working with, they don't really have a lot of time too to be sitting there reading all these Absolutely. books. Right. So 100%. yeah. And, you're, and that they're sitting there reading these books that are exhausting to read or listening yeah. to them on tape. And, and it's like, 
to me, it's like, I like having fun with what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. even if I'm writing a business book, teaching you how to manage relationships, like I'm going to have fun because if yeah. it's not fun, I don't want to be part of it. And it took me a while to wrap my head around the fact that I could use my own voice and my own style to make a serious point. That's awesome. And it, and it was kind of fun because I, I didn't have to not be me. Right. Right. Do that. right. And, and even my clients know, like, I mean, it, we'll be on conference calls. and I mean, I'm cracking jokes. Like right. it's who I am and I'm not right. going to not be me. And it, like I said earlier in the call, like one of, one of my professional goals is to never wear a suit to work again. Right. Good for you, man. Good for you. So many years. Oh, man, I love this conversation. I love who you are. I love your energy, all of it. So um, just to um, um, close out, I do have a large entrepreneurship population mm-hmm. on my on my website. I just looked at my numbers. I think it was today that my my coach called me and I think it's we're at like 35,000 downloads for the month or something like that. Oh, wow, so, congratulations. Thank you, which is really really great. So I say all that to say that you are talking to a very good audience right now. So, oh, so before cool. we uh go, I do want you to drop your info so that if they do need a marketing yeah. person there all that. So go ahead and hit us with all of that information. Oh, that's awesome. So first of all, I would tell people, pick up a copy of the book. It's at dateyourclients.com. Or you can find it on Amazon, Date Your Clients, author Mark Young. Um, feel free to, to pick up a copy of the book. My contact information is right there, but I'm just mark at dateyourclients.com. That's awesome. Um, the name of my agency is Rise Agency, R-Y-Z-E, agency.com. And you're more welcome to go read more about us and what we do on that website. But the easiest one to remember is just mark at dateyourclients.com. Awesome. Straight up. Easy enough to find. I manage that mailbox myself, so no one's going to get a bot replying to them. So if any of your listeners are, you know, if they're, they just want to have a conversation, give me a call. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of your listeners have podcasts, give me a call. Um, yeah. If any of your listeners are looking for a marketing partner or they just need advice, give me a call. Like, I'm here. I gladly do this stuff. Yeah, that's awesome, Mark. Thank you so much for being on Straight Talk. I really appreciate it. This is fun. This is a great conversation. Thank you, Nina. It's Thank been a you. blast. Yeah, it's been a blast. I will make sure to list all of Mark's info below so that you can, you know, reach out to him and hopefully he can do your next uh, gig, your next campaign, but he's going to give it to you straight. And I love that. That's why you guys listen to this anyway, because you guys are all straight talkers. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best. Okay. I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register W I N jectcom slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 